hey, Rocky Peak. Great to be with you, Michael, here. I'm one of the pastors uh, at the church at Rocky Peak. If it's your very first time, a special welcome to you. I hope we get to meet uh, soon, but I'm looking forward to this time of teaching. And so uh, Andy just mentioned it, but if you haven't downloaded your message note sheet, whichever you like, whichever format you prefer, I encourage you to do that because we're definitely going to be using it a lot. If you take a look at it, it's full today. And so looking forward to, to jumping in the Word. So let's pray together and then let's jump in. So, Father, we're just so thankful to be here uh, under your leadership as a church, wherever we are, around around the counties, around the country, around the globe. Uh, We gather as your people in your name, underneath your leadership, uh, announcing, pronouncing you as our king, and and really kind of stepping in for orders today. We, We pray that today that you would open our eyes to understand what it looks like to follow you, uh, your desire to bless us, and what the path to blessing looks like. We pray this in your name. And everyone said, amen. Well, our story starts today in the, uh, the far distant north of their country. Uh, it's been a very difficult time for their nation. It's a time of uh, financial recessions. Banks are closing. Um, economy is struggling. And uh, as a result, people are out of work. Um, unemployment is high. Uh, the future is uncertain. And uh, in some quarters of the nation, panic has even taken grip. So maybe that's why that when this discovery was, was, was made, the thousands, tens of thousands, left everything they owned behind and they journeyed north. And the journey was not for the faint of heart. Uh, it was dangerous. It was, it was long. It was arduous. Um, and it was life-threatening at times. In fact, of the 100,000 people that would decide to make this journey over the next two years, only 30,000 would make it to the final destination. The rest would either die along the way or turn back because of the hardship. And for those 30,000 that would arrive at the destination in the next couple of years, when they arrived, it was harsh conditions. The weather was severe. The, there was not enough food and water to go around. The price of property, there was very little property available to purchase. Uh, the streets in the spring became muddy. The the mud coming up to your knees. So it was often filled with not just the waste of animals, but also of men because there was no sanitation and very little fresh water. Flies and mosquitoes would abound. Disease began to run rampant. Fire would often run through the town. And yet, they kept on coming. Well, today we are continuing this series that we started just a couple weeks ago. This is called The Blessing, God's Pursuit of His People. And if you're brand new, I want to welcome you. It's excited you're here. Uh, the key concept in this series is that what we've been learning is that we were created to live under the blessing of God. But we rebelled against God as a race that to a large degree we lost that blessing. And the story the Bible is telling is how God is pursuing each of us in our life to restore that blessing. Now, one of the most important lessons we've learned in the first two weeks is that this blessing, though God is pursuing us, the blessing is not automatic. But you and I have a choice to, to, uh, to make whether we're gonna live uh, under the blessing of God, experience his blessing in our life or not. 
And what we're going to learn today is that one of the most important decisions that we make is whether we're going to choose the path of wisdom that leads to blessing. And so there in your note sheet, you have a section that's called The Blessing, The Priority of Wisdom. And if you have your Bibles, you have your apps, I'd like you to open them up and turn with me to chapter 3 of Proverbs. And as you do, I want to set this up. Uh, Proverbs, I don't know about you, but Proverbs is one of my favorite books in the Bible because it's just such a, a beautiful book about, hey, here's the path to life, here's the path to blessing. If you want to be wise, here's what to do. And I especially like the first nine chapters because the first nine chapters, they're, they're longer, they hang together more. Um, and in these chapters, one of the kind of literary techniques that Solomon, who's the author of Proverbs, uses is he often uses uh, uh, metaphors or um, kind of uh, word pictures to describe the path to life, the path of wisdom. So for example, one of his favorites, he, he often teaches what he's going to teach us about wisdom, the path of wisdom, uh, by having a conversation between a father and a son. I'm going to listen in to this conversation between a father teaching his young son how to pursue the path that leads to life, the path that leads to blessing. And that's the case in this current passage in chapter 3. And so let's, let's begin here at verse uh, 13. And so he starts off, the father says, blessed are those who find wisdom. Now, of course, you want to underline that word blessed because that's the whole topic of this series. What is the path to blessing? And so he says, blessed are those who find wisdom. There's a unique organic relationship between the path of blessing and the path of wisdom. He said, blessed are those who, who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. Catch this, for she is more profitable than silver. She, and her, she yields better returns than gold, and she's more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. And so this father says to this son, son, if you want to live a blessed life, uh, you need to make wisdom a top priority because wisdom is the most valuable thing that you can run after in life. There's a lot of things you can run after. Like a lot of people will run after possessions or wealth. They'll run after silver. They'll run after gold. They'll run after rubies. But, but there's something more important than that. Uh, maybe it's not possessions. Maybe our top priority is not wealth. We'll run after power. We'll run after position. We'll run after pleasure. We'll run after popularity. There's other pursuits that we'll run after. But this father says, hey, if you want to live the blessed life, there's nothing more important than to run after wisdom. And now he explains why. He says, because, uh, she, verse 16, he says, long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. So not that every person who runs after wisdom will always live long, be wealthy, or honored. Think of Jesus, think of the Apostle Paul, but what Proverbs is teaching, Proverbs is kind of teaching principles of life. And he says, in general, this is the way life works. He says, her ways are pleasant ways, and all her ways are peace. And then catch this, she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Now, of course, this is an allusion to the opening chapters of Genesis and the, the two paths, the path that leads to life, the path that leads to death. We talked about it last week, the power of choice. 
We saw in the, in the opening garden, we have the two trees, a tree of life, a tree of death. And so what this father is, he's reaching back into Israel's history, into the story of our race, and he says, hey, wisdom is the path. It's, it's the tree of life. It will lead you to life. And then he finally, uh, he, then he, he wraps it up. He says in verse 18, those who hold her fast will be what? They'll be blessed. So notice how this passage starts and stops. It starts in verse 13. Blessed are those who find wisdom. Blessed are those who find wisdom. It ends with those who hold her fast, wisdom fast, will be blessed. Kind of the two bookends of blessing. And so what, we're gonna, what I wanna do today in the time that we have together is I wanna talk about this relationship between the path of life and the path of blessing uh, and the path of wisdom and how they all intersect. And so we're gonna highlight three principles that flow not only out of this passage in Proverbs 3, but also under two other passages in these first nine chapters of Proverbs. And then I wanna come back at the end and ask two pointed questions for our lives. Where are we at with the path of wisdom that leads to a life of blessing? So let's jump in. There in your note sheet, you have a section that's called the blessing, the path of wisdom. So let's jump in. Number one, the first principle, and it's the most obvious, is that the path of wisdom leads to a life of blessing. As I said before, there's this organic relationship between wisdom and blessing. The path of wisdom leads to a life of blessing. Now, the reason for this is very simple. Is that wisdom, which I would define as seeing life from God's point of view, that wisdom allows us to make the choices that lead to blessing. Remember last week we said that, uh, the first two weeks we said that God is, God is pursuing us to bless us. We learned last week that to be blessed, that we have to choose, we have to choose life over death, the blessing over curse. We have this power of choice that God has given us. But the question is, how do you know what to choose? And wisdom is what gives us the ability to recognize the right choices and make the right choices that lead to a life of blessing. So this is what Solomon just said in chapter three, there in your note sheet. Remember he said, in, he said, blessed are those who find wisdom. There's this organic relationship. But we're gonna see this again in chapter eight. So if you jump ahead in Proverbs to chapter eight, you don't need to turn there, it's on your note sheet in case you want to, but in, in chapter eight, uh, uh, Solomon's gonna change the word picture. And so he's gonna move from the metaphor of a father talking to his son He's gonna introduce us to the character that he describes as Lady Wisdom. So he personifies wisdom as if wisdom is this lady. She's going through the busy city streets. She's calling out from the high points of the city. She's meeting people at the gates and she's offering to teach them the path of wisdom. Now we'll look at that in just a minute. But as she calls out and offers to teach the path of wisdom, this is what she says at the very end of her speech. In verse 32 of chapter eight, she says, now then my children, listen to me. So this is wisdom speaking. She says, blessed are those who keep my ways. So there it is again, the path, the path of life leads through this door of, uh, or the path of wisdom leads to the life of blessing. So listen to me, blessed are those who keep my ways, listen to my instruction and be wise and do not disregard it. 
Blessed are those who listen to me. See this whole theme of blessing, watching daily at my doors. Now I'd like you to underline that because we're gonna come back to that later on. Watching daily at my doors, waiting. In other words, we're eager, we're listening to, to Lady Wisdom every day, coming to learn from her. Just blessed are those who listen to me. And for those who find me, find what? We find life and we receive favor from Yahweh. But those who fail to find me, they harm themselves. All who hate me love death. And so there's this there's powerful relationship between, uh, between the path of wisdom and the life of blessing. And so what Solomon is telling his son in this, these opening chapters of Proverbs say over and over again, if you want to live the blessed life, you need to make wisdom a top priority because wisdom will allow you to recognize and to make the right choices that allow you to live under the blessing of God. And you say, well, where? Well, everywhere, right? We're talking about our relationship with God. We're talking about our relationships with, with others. Like what relationships are you in? Friendships, dating relationships, marriage relationships, parenting, coworkers. Uh, what about character? Uh, kind of wisdom in terms of your character. Uh, what about wisdom in terms of your finances, your ministry, leadership? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Is that the, that the Proverbs is written to help us understand that if we want to live the life of blessing, the path, of, the path of blessing uh, leads through this door of wisdom. All right, so that's, that's the first principle, that uh, the path of wisdom leads to a life of blessing. Now, the second principle is, and this is good news, is that God gives wisdom to those who seek it. Now, this is great news because I don't know about you, but when I was younger, when I was growing up, it seemed to me like just some people are just kind of naturally born wise, others not so much, and you're pretty much stuck with what you, you have, what you're given. But what we see in the Bible over and over, and we see it a lot in Proverbs today, is that the reality is if you want to become a wise person so you can make the choices that will lead to life and not death, lead to blessing, not curse it, that God will give you that wisdom, that that wisdom is available. In fact, just a minute ago, we were in Proverbs chapter eight, and I was introducing you to Lady Wisdom. And this is how the chapter starts. Uh, now, watch this, let's see what Solomon says. There in your note sheet. He says, does not wisdom call out? So Lady Wisdom, he says she's calling out. Does, she, does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way, kind of the highest point of the path where everyone can see her, where the paths meet, like at the crossroads where everyone goes, uh, she takes her stand, right? Like imagine a kind of a busy crossroad in ancient time and she's there making her offer. And so beside the gate leading into the city, so everyone had have to go through the gate to get into the city, uh, she, at the entrance, she cries out to you, O people, I call out and I raise my voice to all mankind. Uh, I listen for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what's right. So what is Solomon saying? He's saying that, that wisdom is not the domain of just a certain few. That if you want wisdom, uh, it's available. In fact, God has made wisdom so available, it's like he's calling out to us. Lady wisdom is calling out to us. If we want it, it's available. But here's a catch. What Solomon goes on to say earlier in the Proverbs 
is that God gives wisdom, but like in any area of life, whether it's sports, music, you know, the arts, education, your career, that those who get it, those who succeed, are those who run hard after it, right? We can't be like spiritually lazy, that we have to seek like Jesus, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Asking you, there's like an ongoing process of seeking. And this is what we're gonna see is that God, God will give us wisdom, but he gives it to those who are serious, who are really seeking it. As the Bible often says, uh, you'll, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your hearts. So we're not just casually asking, we're running after, we're asking God for this wisdom and we're ready to follow it when he reveals it. And so this is taught many places, but one of my favorites is in Proverbs chapter two. And in Proverbs chapter two, the father once again is counseling the son, giving him the good news that wisdom's available, but you need to run after it. And so this is what he says. Let's see what he says. He says, my son, if you accept my words, so the father talking to his son, counseling his son on the path of life. My son, if you accept my words and you store up my commands within you, like a squirrel storing up the, 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 you know, the nuts for the, for the winter, uh, they're so valuable. He said, you turn your ear to wisdom and you apply your heart to understanding. You really focus in. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, whenever I read that, I think of a mom who's lost her child going through the city calling out or in a park calling out or, or maybe a, a dog owner, never be a cat owner because they wouldn't come anyway, but like a dog owner that's going through, you know, you've lost your dog, you're calling out, you're intensely seeking. He said, and if you look for it as for silver, like you're mining for silver, like a prospector, you search for it as if it's hidden treasure, under treasure hunt, then catch this, then, and I want you to underline that, then you'll understand the fear of Yahweh and you'll find the knowledge of God. For catch this, for Yahweh gives wisdom. And from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So what is Solomon teaching his son? Is that wisdom is available, but it's available for those who will seek it, who are serious about this, who are gonna run hard after it. They're gonna seek it with all their heart. This is not just a, hey, God, give me some wisdom. I'm gonna run hard and look for it. And I love one of the analogies he uses. He uses several analogies in this passage. Well, one of my favorite is this one, hey, look for it as if it's silver, uh, search for it as if it's hidden treasure. Now, that, that kind of brings images to mind, doesn't it? You know, we started the day with this story of this nation that had gone through a time of severe recession, banks closing, financial collapse, hard times. And, uh, and as a result, there's widespread, there's some panic, there's some fear, high unemployment. In the midst of this time, this amazing discovery that is made that's gonna send 100,000 people north to the far, far uh, sections of the, the country in search uh, of something. And uh, this is actually a true story. It's a story that I, I read recently about the Alaskan gold rush uh, back in 1896. And it was fascinating uh, reading. It was part of a historical novel I was reading. It was just absolutely fascinating. So, so apparently it was a time of hardship in our nation and uh, we'd gone through several recessions, a lot of unemployment, you know, hard times. And all of a sudden, gold was found up by the Klondike River. 
And uh, this, this kicked, it wasn't discovered until like uh, August of the year. And you're in Alaska, that's, that's almost to winter. You know, it's getting very little time left. And so not too many people could get away right away. But as soon as possible, people started leaving by the tens of thousands. And the, 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 the normal way they'd get there, uh, people were coming from all over the world. But for Americans, most of them were, were trying to get to San Francisco or Seattle, and then from there, taking a ship to, to sail up to, uh, you know, to Alaska. But then once you got there, uh, so, so that was hard enough, right? You're just getting, to, uh, getting to San Francisco, getting to Seattle, getting on these really, you know, these ships that were just people like lined up, uh, wall-to-wall people, so hard to get there. They would sell everything they had to do this. And then when they get up there, they have this long journey through dense forest, uncharted area, through, uh, through, through you know, deep valleys, high mountains, often snow-covered mountains. They'd have to forge rivers. In fact, it was fascinating to me as many times uh, the government required that if you made this trip, you had to have a year's worth of food and supplies so you didn't starve to death. And so that, that weighed about a ton. And so each person's taking about a ton of supplies and they've got to get this and they would get to these rivers and at times they would actually have to cut down trees and then saw the, the logs and make their own rafts. And it was just a very dangerous and treacherous time. Often they'd have to go over these high mountain passes that were full of snow and they'd be taking their, these things up with sleds and dragging up hills. It was incredible. Of 100,000 people that were estimated to go over this two-year period of time, that only 30,000 made it. Uh, everyone else either died along the way or just got too discouraged and, and went back. And then for those who, who made it, they got to this little boom town called Dawson. And it had been, at the start of the gold rush, 500 people there. But over the last two years, it had expanded to 30,000 people. There was very little fresh water. There was no sanitation. Uh, the streets were, were muddy and filled not only with mud, but with the excrement of, of animals and human and, 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 and men. Uh, there was hardly any food there, very little property to buy. Uh, disease was rampant. The flies, the mosquitoes, fire would often rage through the town. It was horrendous. And yet they kept on coming. And you say, why would they do that? Well, they would do it because there was a treasure there. They were searching for treasure. They believed that if they could get there and strike it rich, it would change their lives, and they're willing to risk everything to do it. And I read these incredible stories of these, these brave men, daring, uh, daring men, and some women who had braved this journey because in the hopes of finding hidden treasure. When I thought of that, I thought of this passage this week and, and, and Psalm saying, hey, wisdom is there that God will give it, but we need to search for it. We need to turn our ear to it. We need to be intent on it. We need to store up his commands. We need to search for it as for silver or hidden treasure. And so Solomon says, hey, wisdom is, is gonna lead you to the life of blessing and God, the good news is God will give it, but you have to go for it. Number three, the third principle that jumps out is that God's wisdom is found in his word. It's discovered in his word. God's wisdom is discovered in his word. Now, of course, there's many ways to pick up wisdom in life. And a lot of you know me, I'm a big reader, audiobooks, and I listen to all kinds of things from all different perspectives and 
want to learn about kind of history and leadership and all kinds of things, right? And so we can learn in life from uh, many different sources. But the ultimate source of wisdom for us is in God's word. And that's what, uh, that's what the father is telling the son here. If you look there on your note sheet in Proverbs 2, remember how it starts. He says, my son, if you accept my words. Now, of course, he's speaking for, for, uh, for truth, for wisdom, for, for God's word, right? He says, if you, if you accept my words and you store up my commands within you. And so what the Bible says over and over is not, is there a, not only is there a very real God, there's a creator God, but this God has revealed himself. He's revealed himself in creation. And so when we study creation, we learn about the creator. He's revealed himself in our conscience, our sense of right and wrong, our, kind of our, our moral sense of right and wrong. Paul says in, in Romans 1 and 2, creation and conscience. But the most important way that God has revealed himself is in his word. This is one of the most amazing things about Christianity about the Bible is the claim not only that God has revealed himself, but he's revealed himself in propositional truth, not just mysterious experience, but he's revealed the truth about life uh, in words and that he's revealed himself in his word. Uh, And so for us as followers of Jesus to seek wisdom, the most important place to seek it is in his word. It's sort of the gold standard of wisdom, and, and it becomes the grid through which everything else that we hear or taught, we filter that through as if we're kind of mining for gold. We use the word as a filter to discern what is ultimately true in the path of wisdom. And let's face it, we live in a world today that's constantly coming at us and saying, hey, if you wanna be wise, here's the path to life. It's giving us a million, but how do you discern, how do you discern, how do you tune out the wrong voices, tune in the right? And the word is what gives us that wisdom and that ability to discern the path that leads to the life of blessing. So I don't know if you remember this, but last week, in fact, the last two weeks, we've looked at Psalm 1. Psalm 1, as I mentioned last week, is what we call a wisdom psalm in biblical studies. It's a psalm that's designed to teach you the path to life. And in that psalm, it's sort of saying, hey, this is the path of blessing. This is the path of destruction. And, and remember, this is how it starts. He says, blessed is the one who does not walk and step with, well, first of all, notice the word blessed, right? That's the topic on the table, how to be blessed. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked or stand in the way, we're talking about the way of wisdom, doesn't stand the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of Yahweh. Now remember, that word law in Hebrew is the word Torah, like the Torah, like the first five books of the Bible. But Torah means like law or instruction, teaching. And so whose delight is in the teaching of the Lord and who catches this, I want you to underline this again, who meditates on that law day and night. And he says that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever they do prospers. Or later in Psalms, we have uh, the longest Psalm, the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. I think it's 176 verses, if I remember. And it's all about the word of God and the power of God's word that God has spoken to lead us to life. And I love these verses in Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. 
I meditate, there it is again, I meditated all day long. Remember Psalm 1, I meditate day and night. Your commands are always with me and they make me what? They make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than my elders for I Obey your precepts, all right? So three basic principles that flow out of Proverbs. Uh, the first one is that the path of wisdom leads to the life of blessing. And the reason it's not arbitrary is because wisdom gives us the ability to discern, to recognize the path that leads to the, the right choices in life that lead to a life of blessing. So the, the first principle is that the path of wisdom leads to a life of blessing. Number two, that God gives wisdom to those who seek it, if we're serious. And number three, that the ultimate source of wisdom for us, the which we, we uh, not only receive wisdom, but judge all other uh, teaching or claims is in the Word. So now this leads to a couple questions then. So there in your note sheet, you have a section called The Blessing, The Pursuit of Wisdom. So we're gonna, we're gonna land the plane now, right? We've, kind of, we've prepared the principles. We understand this relationship between, uh, between wisdom and the life of blessing. Uh, now, the, now it's time to apply it to our lives and to ask us ourselves a couple pointed questions. And like I often say at times like this, the, the questions here are not intended to guilt you. The, the questions here are not about shame. The questions here are helping you evaluate your life. Are you on the path of blessing? Are you living a life that's pursuing wisdom that will lead a life of blessing? If not, let's make some mid-course corrections so we can get on track and so we can live the blessed life. All right, so here's question number one. The first question is, how high a priority is your pursuit of wisdom? Like in your life, uh, we, we've seen today, the father says to the son, hey, nothing you desire compares with her. Make it your top priority. There's a lot you can run after in life. You can run after possessions. You can run after wealth. You can run after popularity. You can run after people. You can run, you can run after power or prestige or pleasure or any other pursuits. He says, but hey, the most important thing you need to do in life is to, to make it your goal to be a wise person, to grow in wisdom, because that will empower you to make the choices that lead to a life of blessing in your entire life. Your family, your relationships, your career, your walk with God, uh, your finances, this needs to be your top priority. So the question I would ask for you is how high a priority is that in your life? That you would become a person of wisdom, a truly wise person. Now it's interesting, earlier I had you underline this verse, but if you look there on your note sheet, we're gonna go back to Proverbs 8. And in Proverbs 8, this is what Lady Wisdom said, we underlined it earlier, blessed are those who listen to me. It's a path of blessing. But catch this, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. It's this picture of, of uh, someone coming every day to the house of wisdom and uh, kind of waiting in the morning for her to come out. Uh, wanting to listen, wanting to hear, hungry to grow, daily watching at the doorway. And so the question is, are you that person? Would, would someone looking at your life and schedule say, here's a person who's really pursuing wisdom. They wanna become a wise person. It's a top priority in their life. Maybe another way of asking it is what do you watch daily in your life? 
I think there are many things that probably many of us watch daily. Um, I think, for example, probably most of us can hardly get out of bed in the morning without looking at our phone, and we're starting to watch something, right? Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's the news. For many of us, we don't go, we don't go by a day without watching sports or uh, reading a blog on sports. Uh, for many of us, uh, every, day, every day, we're going to play video games. We're going to watch daily at the door of video games. Um, you know, for some of us, we're gonna blo- every day we're going to look at blogs or we're going to watch the news or we're going to check out our Instagram feed or whatever it is. But if you were to look at our lives, you were to say, what is it that daily you watch at the door? In many ways, that tells us, tells us a lot about us, about our priorities, and about where we think that we might find wisdom. And so the question would be, uh, in your life, um, how high a priority would it be to pursue wisdom in your life? Like this father has said to the son, like lady, wisdom has challenged us. Uh, because what the Bible is telling us is that if we want to walk the path of blessing, and remember, that's all of our relationships with God, with others, life, career, the whole thing, ministry, the whole thing, leadership, that we have to to become a wise person. So how high a priority is that in your life? What do you watch daily at the doors of in your life? And then number two, the second question is where are you searching for wisdom? You know, it's one thing to run hard after wisdom, but it's another thing to run in the right direction. Uh, think with me about the, the story of the miners. You know, why, would, why is it that people would go uh, travel across the country and head north to this little place called Dawson, Alaska that was almost impossible to get to? Well, the reason that they would go there is because gold had been discovered there. They knew there was gold at that location. And so they were not only searching, they were searching in the right location. And so what God is telling us is that if we want to grow in wisdom, the most important place is to be seeking it in his word. Now, not that that's the only place. We're gonna be reading and learning and wise counsel and life experience, right? But everything has to be kind of gone through the grid of his word. You know, we, we live in a culture today that's coming at us 24-7, and we are constantly engaged with messages that are claiming to be the path to life, whether it's spiritual messages, whether it's messages about human sexuality, or about relationships, about self-image, about uh, the path to happiness or fulfillment, about politics, about social issues. We're constantly being hit. And so the question is, how do we ferret that out? How do we work through the noise and find the goal? And what we've seen today is that the key to this is the word. For you and I, if we're gonna be transformed, as Paul says in Romans 12, by the renewing of our minds, it's gonna come through the wisdom that is released in our lives through the word. You know, there on your note sheet, we looked today at Psalm 1, uh, 1 and 2. I asked you to, to uh, highlight it at the time or underline it. I want to go back there again. 
Blessed is the one whose delight is in the Torah of Yahweh and the instruction in the teaching. That is the path to the blessed life who meditates on his law day and night. Let me ask you something. As you're pursuing wisdom, where are you pursuing that? I think many times, even as Christ followers today, we're pursuing it with whatever's trending, whatever is politically correct, what's popular in culture, what, uh, what professors are teaching us in school, what news clusters are claiming. Hey, but, but throughout the Bible, we're said again, that this is the path of wisdom. That it's the word, the one who meditates on the word will have the wisdom to sort through all the claims to discern truth from error. Remember what Jesus said, he said, Father, your word is truth. And so where are you looking for truth, for wisdom in your life? The reality is, is that when we're, when we're not meditating in the word, letting it reshape our mind, letting the Holy Spirit open up and give us wisdom about life, what, what's happened, we're gonna often be fooled. And what we think we found is wisdom, what we think we found is gold is actually gonna turn out to be fool's gold in, at the end. And it's not gonna lead us in the path of blessing. Right? So two questions, right? So the question is, how high a priority is the pursuit of wisdom in your life? What do you watch daily at the doors? Does that need to change? Or are you right on track? And then where are you looking for wisdom? And are you looking for wisdom uh, in the word? Are you meditating on it day and night so that God can transform your mind so you can recognize truth from air, the path of life from the path of death, the path of blessing from the path of curse, make the right choices that'll lead to living under the blessing in your life. Let's pray together. Father, we're just so thankful for the beauty of your word. And every week, Lord, I, I feel like I say it every week. I often do say it. It's just, you come to the word and the wisdom that pours out, the insight, the understanding, the way life comes together. And so, Father, we just pray that as we're in the midst of a crazy culture right now, that we would be people that are learning to live under the blessing because we're not listening to our culture. We're listening to you. We're listening to your word. And that word is opening up our eyes to see truth, to see the world from your perspective so that we can make the choices for our life, for our relationships, for our marriage, for our dating, for our parenting, for our, the body of Christ, for our ministry, for our finances, for our careers, that we would be people that are walking under the blessing of God. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.